It's on. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> so, um, so, hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Two of You Podcast. I'm your host, Terrence Greer. Joined today by the wonderful and incredible Mr. Brian Brizuela and hey. Ellie Marie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if I'm not mistaken, you two are bachata instructors as well as performers here in uh, North Carolina, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, hey, we are. Uh, Brian, you were born in Virginia. Yep. And Ellie, you were actually born in... Uh, California, Oakland, or San Diego? Sacramento. Sacramento, sorry. So I'm very eager to have you on the show today. Cool. We're excited. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. I feel famous. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my mom? Hi, mom. (laughs) So, um, you know, I guess I really want to start out with, you know, I'm very curious to know um, about your childhood. So I guess, you know, Brian, what was your childhood growing up in Virginia, right? Uh, So I, I was born in Virginia, but I came down here when I was two. Okay. So my parents came down here. Uh, pretty much grew up here, but I traveled to Virginia on on and off all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I would stay up there for weeks. Mm-hmm. So anytime I had school uh, break, it was in Virginia. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's where all my family is. Mm-hmm. I don't, just my mom's sister here in okay. North Carolina. So yeah. And tell me, again, well, you know, where, where your parents from? So my dad's from El Salvador. My Salvador. mom's Guatemalan. Okay. Yeah. I'm very curious. You know, you know, what was it like growing up in that household, man? Um. So. My parents wanted me to have a very American lifestyle because okay. we were where we grew up. We grew up in Holly Springs um, when it was up and coming, so it was very like not culture at all. <laughs> so like we were one of like the two only Hispanic people in okay. our neighborhood. So um, my parents wanted me to have a very American lifestyle. So um, and my dad had really good money at the time, so he wanted to make sure we had it. We had it right, and uh, we lived really well. So it was obviously my mom cooked really bomb food <laughs> so awesome. I, I yeah, ate yeah. good um but also like we we did a lot of like stuff normal people do okay. which i'm not saying we're not normal but we did like you know went to the movies we went out uh, on the weekends when i saw my dad and pretty pretty chill I, I you know since my dad had a little bit of money back in the days um i was outside doing everything i had okay. a bike i had a skateboard i had a scooter i had anything that Kept had wheels. Had wheels. <laughs> I, it was me. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was my lifestyle. I grew up very uh, active mm. in everything. Played soccer for a long time. Then, uh, then I started playing every sport. Okay, um, and I actually did hip hop my whole life. All right. So, so that's that's how I transitioned to dancing. So I did hip hop since I was little. I was watching You Got Served. Yeah, and <laughs> I learned the choreography. Oh wow! So my mom was making tortillas. Yeah. And I was in the living in the room. <laughs> so that was me. That okay. was my childhood. Up, man. <laughs> I'm curious, man. Um, I guess it might be an obvious answer, but you know, I guess what brought your parents to America? So um, obviously, America's free. Okay. Uh, there, this is where you come for the dream. Um, but I now that I'm older, I mean, I'm still young. I'm only twenty. Just turned twenty-five. Okay. Um, I'm really young, but I'm I'm mentally growing. Okay. Um, I had to grow a lot earlier because my dad got deported when I was 14. Okay, that's intense. Yeah, man. so um, the way I look at it is my parents obviously came here for a better future for themselves, but really they wanted to come make a better future for their, like, the future that generations that they're going to produce. Right, right, right. Uh, so, you know, I don't try to say, you know, uh, I mean, I do say my parents had it rough, 
but I have to understand that they did it for me. Mm -hmm. So if I ever complain about anything, I make sure it's, it's I can't, <laughs> pretty right, much right. the way I think about it. Yeah. I can't complain. To know their story. I mean, I got a roof over my head, right, I right. got me in my car. Yeah, so like I, I, I can afford the things that I, you know, I want um, and need. So the way I look at it is, is my parents did that. Right. They came here, so I could, you know, my mom still like, let's say, something happens and I'm like, mom, you know, I, I, I can't afford this really quickly, or, or like, I need help with this. My mom probably, I think I'm, I make more money than my mom, and okay. my mom would still bust her back to say, if you need something, or are you guys hungry, like. Because um, we travel a lot too, so sometimes like I go overboard and spend a little yes, more man, than I need yeah. to, and so I'm like, okay, we need to watch where we're gonna eat, cause you know I can't, we can't be eating out a lot. We eat a lot, a lot all the time. We rarely cook, so sometimes like I go see my mom and I try to treat her right. for, to some food, yeah. and then she always wants to treat me course, and us for some mom, food, man. and I'm like, mom, I'm like, I'm trying to treat you. <laughs> You're over here, like breaking your back to be yeah. able to treat me and so it's and that's what my mom came here for my parents that's why they're here they want a better future for us regardless we're I'm in a technically an adult right. but my mom's still gonna care for me as a kid you know yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, mom's that's yeah. mom's she always gonna see you as a kid man <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious man I don't know if you can delve into it man but um I guess your, what happened with your father, man? How did that affect your family? Can, you, can I t ask you about that? Uh, I guess. I guess we're going deep. We're going. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know how deep we're going to get. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he got deported when I was fourteen, uh, like right when I went to high school, and he was the one who made all the money. Okay. So he was the breadwinner. When I lived with him, uh, or I should say, when he was here and, and we lived all together, um, to everyone we were spoiled. Obviously, it, 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 we were a little bit, but we also, like, he was telling us, like, we grew up getting what we wanted, but we earned it. Right, okay. So I might have had a little bit nicer things, but I wasn't just handed stuff. I, I had to earn it. Um, I was such a, I was a good kid. I was scared to get in trouble. Because yes, my dad hit me twice. <laughs> That's all you need to do. In 14 years of living with him, I got hit twice, and each of them with, was with a foam flip-flop. Okay, so <laughs> enough. That's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I needed. So I was scared to get in trouble. I was scared to, you know, do anything bad. So um, I made sure I, I, I got good grades and, and I was good. So I grew up, my dad saying, you know, do the best you can and I will make anything that you want yeah. happen. Yeah. So then when, that, when uh, he got deported, I was like relying, like I relied on him. I was like, I do the best I can and he's going to hold my hand and like, guide me and whatever I want. You know, I was like, college, he's going to help me with that. My first car, he's going to help me with that. Like, this, 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 and that. I was like, he, he got it for me. Like, I just need to be the best I can. Then when he went away, I was like, if I'm the best I can, I'm like, like, my reward came from him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, I, I was like, I, I can do the best I can, but I can't reward myself. And I had to, like, switch that up and realize that, me doing the best I can will open opportunities so that I can reward myself. Okay. So um, it took a lot. I, I think I got depressed. Um, so you probably had to grow up quick though, right? Yeah. Did so at 14, at 14, my mind went complete 180 and like my, my mental state, I had to make sure that I was, a, I was an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to be an adult. I mean, uh, so we lived in a, in a decent sized house, you know, four bedrooms, like a good sized house and when he got deported 
my mom couldn't pay for it. Right. So for like, I want to say like six months, um, she tried to Keep pay for it. Yeah, right. so like um, she tried to pick up a couple businesses my dad owned, but she couldn't handle it on her own. So uh, eventually she sold like the businesses and whatnot. But there was times where we went like, I would say like a week or two without electricity, okay. um, we, without running water, probably in a couple of days. I had to miss school because my mom was like, you can't shower. And um, we had one neighbor that was next to our house who were really close friends to ours. You know, we grew up in the neighborhood together. So they started noticing, they're like, hey, you, one of your cars isn't there. What, did you guys sell it? And my mom would just play the game. Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, we sold that car. Okay. He's like, oh, I haven't seen your husband in a while. You know, she's like, oh, you know, he's working a lot. He just works, love working. Then another car we go. We had like five cars at the time. I don't know, don't know why. <laughs> No, I couldn't drive. My little sister yeah. couldn't drive. But a car would go. A couple weeks later, another car would go. And then they're like, what's what's going on? Are you guys getting rid of your cars? And eventually my mom had a, you know, broke down and right, told our right, neighbor. Right. And good thing that they're really good people. And they were like, hey, after school, I know you work day and night. So you they can come over after school. They can eat dinner at our house. They can get ready. You got to do what you got to do. They, they have They have a second home. So they're really good people, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Henderson, if you're watching this, I don't know who you are. I'm going to share it and tag you guys, <laughs> just so you guys can see this, so you guys know yeah. um, that uh, I love that family. You know, course, they, course, they were there through probably the worst. They were more family than my own family was. I see, I'm curious. Were you, were you just... And you could even like and subscribe for the channel and share with the people. That'd be amazing. I say I'm curious. Were you, was it just you and your mom, or did you have any um, other relatives? Uh, just my little sister. Okay. Um, so when that happened, like I said, all my family was up north. Uh, um, and it was it was tough, man. Sounds like it, man. It was tough. And then yeah. downsizing, going to an apartment with mm. my mom and sister. Yeah. And then having just one car, so my mom had to go to drop us off. We moved to Raleigh, which was probably like a 30 minute drive from where we used to live. She would drive 30 minutes to drop us off at the bus stop and then drive another 30 minutes the opposite way to, to go work. to work. Okay. And then we'd go over to our friend's house after school and then she'd come pick us up. And she kept that up for a while just because we didn't... And we were so, like, immature. We didn't want to move schools. Right. Even though, like, we didn't, like, see the big picture. So we're like, Mom, we don't want to switch schools. And Mom was like, well... Because she's going out, out, out her way to let y'all yeah. okay. So she kept it up. She was like, I'm going to wait till you guys graduate and we'll see. And... You know, when you're young, you don't think right. about, you don't have that perspective of exactly. adults. So we were like, uh, when we had to switch schools, my sister like cried. She's like, "Well, all my friends are going to this one high school, and then where I'm going to another one. My life sucks. This is horrible." And then I was like, "Mom, like I don't have any friends anymore." Blah blah. blah. And like now that I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm only 25, but That's looking back, back I'm right, like, exactly. I'm like, man. I'm, I'm trying not to say bad words. I'm like, That's true, bro. All right, I was like, something. damn. Yeah. I was like, I'm not trying to. Like, now I look back and I'm like, I, I made my mom go through hell and back mm. just so we can be happy. And I'm like, it sucked. But now... Hey, but you was younger at that time. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't hold yourself against that, man. Oh, yeah. Like, my mom, even now, my mom's like, you were dumb. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I went through? Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I also showed, you know, how much, um, I guess, love and compassion you have for y'all, man. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah, that's a mother's love for you right yeah. there. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy, especially, like, my mom came here so we have a better life. And then she goes through hell again, and she's still trying right, to, like, right, right. make sure that nothing of our personal life changes. 
she changed like everything about her change. Of course, man. But she, she lost her sure. husband too, man. That's intense, yeah, bro. It's crazy. That's so, very hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> quite the background, man. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I I've been through a lot. I, I believe it. I make sure that the way I put myself out there, my personality, and everything. Um, I want. I don't want people to see that I've been through yeah, right. a bunch of shit, um, unless they ask. <laughs> because if I, if you can say, "Man, you've been through some tough stuff," then that makes me feel like I'm not like. If you can see the horrible stuff I've been through, that means I'm in a horrible state right now. Okay. So you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to brag and show off anything I have, but I want people to know that I've been through some horrible stuff, but I'm in a good place. Like, yeah. I'm happy. I'm still happy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can. And uh, working for a better future. Yeah. So then I, for my kids, I can do the same yeah, right, my parents right. did. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, so. No, I definitely understand that. Yeah. And um, I guess I want to ask you, Miss Ellie. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about your childhood growing up in Sacramento. So I was born in Sacramento, but I think I was maybe one or two when we moved up to the mountains. So okay. we were probably at least an hour away from any town. Mm. Um, we were very close to like the Nevada border and Lake Tahoe and that kind of area. So I grew up not having any kind of social life. I went to a school that had, and he still doesn't believe me when I say this, <laughs> but I went to a school that was kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. And it had 25 students. That's, that's very small. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of believe her because she took me. She okay. took we me saw to, the school. We went and yeah. looked at the school. And what, my, so real quick, um, you, what part of California was that then? Where were you at? It was. Like northeast of Sacramento. Okay, is there a name like a county or not? Um, El Dorado County. El Dorado, okay, El Dorado sorry. County. So, and do, do you know what prompted that move for your parents? Um, my dad wanted to live up there. He okay. always wanted to live up there. My parents probably grew up about forty-five minutes, an hour away from that area, mm. and it was always his goal to live up there. Okay, he okay. had this very farmhouse. I want to be in the mountains <laughs> and the trees with the bears yeah. kind of idea of where he wanted to live. So I lived there until I was 10. I went to a very small school. I, so it was really important that my parents get me involved in things because we didn't have anyone. Our nearest right. neighbor was a mile away. Okay. So, I, I mean, so, I grew so up So was it, the, is it the country or the mountains? Like what? It's the mountains. Okay. It, yeah. I mean, there were lots of horses. There was lots of farms, mm. but very much mountain lifestyle. Okay. Um, so from the age of, as soon as we moved up there, maybe two or three years old, I was involved in every kind of sport I could okay. get nice. my hands on. And yeah. I did competitive swimming all throughout elementary school and middle school. I tried basketball, soccer, everything. Um, but I always wanted to do dance. Okay. That is always what I wanted. If, so if I I'm not did. Mistaken, your mom was an instructor, right? My mom did Latin ballroom okay, okay, before okay. I was born. Okay. And then when they moved up to the mountains, she kind of missed her opportunity mm. to go down that road. Um, so from the age of I don't know, five, I was doing salsa and bachata in the kitchen. I was growing up listening to Selena and uh, Celia Cruz and everybody. Like, I was in that kind of musical state of mind from a very young age. I was thinking, uh, your parents are Italian, right? My dad is Italian. Um, My mom is just mixed Northern European, white. Yeah, Yeah, I get you. Okay. I want to ask you both, then. I'm very curious. Um, You kind of already spoke on it, but how important was music in your childhood? Sure. Uh, very. Yeah. So my dad owned a couple bars and restaurants. Mm-hmm. So um, before technology jumped, um, he had, uh, you remember those books 
that you zip open and it's CDs oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CD. it's like that. a like mm-hmm. a picture book like yeah. those albums mm-hmm. but it's like CDs you like performing each one right yeah. yes <laughs> boy so my dad had probably like he could fill up this table like three stacks high of these albums mm-hmm. of just CDs right, CDs right, yeah. um cuz he had he like he had DJs he had a DJ booth and in his restaurants so this was before i could just go with your iPhone, your phone, all right. Bluetooth, or I could exactly. say Alexa, yeah. or, or hey Google, whatever. So, um, I would go through those. I would. Um, so, I didn't realize how big the Latin scene was. You know, I, I'm Latino, so I grew up like parties listening to bachata, merengue, and salsa. And I was known for dancing with all the older women. Like, I was a little kid. On play, all, play, play. Yeah, so all the... I was known. Everyone knew me. They're like, oh, there goes little Brian. He, okay. He'll dance with you. He will, He just dances by himself. Okay. And I would dance. Um, but uh, because I grew up in such a not-cultured uh, area, it was either black people or white people. And so my parents um, wanted me to have, like, a really good lifestyle so that, like... It was like be on a good path, being like be as good as you can be, and then I was being rebellious, so I would hang out with a bunch of you know majority of my friends were black, um, so I would listen to hip hop. Was it Manassas, Virginia? Where were we at again? No, this was here in oh, Holly okay, Springs. Okay, okay, okay. So I grew up in a very like white area, um, and like the only difference than uh, of white people was black people, and I was like, I'm not, you know, I, growing up being surrounded by a bunch of white people, you'd be like, I'm not white, you know, like, yeah. I don't fit in. And I had black friends, and I was like, I fit in with them. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't, like, connect with white people just because I was Hispanic. Um, so I was like, man, they're going to look at me weird, you know, they're going to think I'm not, I can't fit in, they're going to make fun of me, uh, you know, I'm a different person. Right. You know, growing up that way, I, I always thought I'm a different skin color, I'm a different person. Um, and you see it a lot, you know, in black kids and white kids and black kids feeling like they can't fit in. Um, but it's, it happens a lot in the Hispanic scene. Um, just because, you know, black people, white people, they're like, okay, I, I don't fit in. You know, that you they, there's a big separation there if, if there's any, like, conflict. But Hispanic people are like, my parents can go back home like mm-hmm. they they could get sent back home yeah. and I be by myself who would I go with okay. I'm like I wouldn't go with anyone <laughs> so I you know there was that fear um, feeling like you have nobody so I connected a lot especially because of uh, the culture you know hip hop rap I listened to that non-stop that's yeah. all like I listen to that all the time R&B and then these movies you know step up you get served you know all that I would watch that and just feel like I'm like that's different than what like what's around me. So I wanted to connect with it, Um, and I just had a a lot of energy. (laughs) That 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 helped. Um, So I started dancing hip hop, and um, I realized you know in in the in the black community everyone was like oh okay like I would fit in like everyone would just be um, uh, making beats at school like on the lockers, Uh, and then I would start making beats. So I was big into like. Uh, beatboxing mm-hmm. I started beatboxing And then my friends would rap And then I started Hip hop dancing um, Then I started getting older and, and then I started Including myself in In a large variety Of crowds With everyone uh, Like every type of Ethnicity The whole community And I started diversifying Like what I listened to And 
um, what I do. So uh, growing up, I listened to hip hop all the time. And then at parties, I would listen to Latin music, but I didn't pay attention to it at the time. Um, then I start, started getting older. I started understanding like, okay, this is bachata. I know what bachata is. is yeah, okay. This is salsa. I know what salsa is. I can't dance salsa. I know bachata. And I thought I knew bachata. Because okay. I'm Latino. I was all like, right. I know bachata. <laughs> so when I met her, I was actually out um, for my friend's 22nd birthday party. And I thought I knew, like, I was known because I could hip-hop dance. Two different things, ain't it? Yes. Hip-hop and bachata. So everyone was like, Brian, you know how to dance. And I knew a little bachata. So I was like. He thought he was so good. Okay. I did. I'm okay. not gonna lie. I thought it was the, the basic. Shit. Was it the basic? Story? It was the, the basic, basic and one <laughs> left hand turn. Is that that? That's that street bachata or what? Yeah. Like... So and my bachata was street bachata. So like I didn't have uh, correlation with counts. It's different um, once you start taking classes, man. Dude, it's it's different. It's crazy. So I, so I want to get into all that, man. I yeah. do. We're gonna get into all. I guarantee you. So man. more of like my music and my. Well, life. You, you spoke on it. I, yeah. I'm curious. Exactly. Well, um, you know, I guess how important was was music in your childhood? It was very very important, but. I'm sure you'll find out as we go on. Brian and I were total opposites. Okay. So for me, I grew up listening to everything because the only opportunity we had, we didn't have anything to do. So we <laughs> listened to music all the time. Okay. We had hour-long car rides to go see family and go and, grocery and shopping. So, and so was it like contemporary rock or was it actually? <laughs> it was everything. It was, it was Christian. It was country. It was rock. It was, it was a lot of salsa, a lot okay. of merengue. Growing okay. up in California... Like Little Mexico, okay, like right, it's right, a right. huge cultural influence in that area. So it was so common for us to listen to it. And my mom was a dancer, mm -hmm. so I knew how to dance to it from okay. like age five. I knew what I was doing. And then as I got, I moved here in middle school. Um, my dad's job brought us over to Raleigh, and I immediately got involved with musical theater. So I did, I was the drama nerd, I was the lead in the plays, <laughs> hey. I was the chorus girl. Future actress. Exactly, that was my goal. So I, took a lot of musical theory classes. Mm. So I knew how to break down music and that made me helpful. interested in hip hop. Oh, okay. Yeah, so probably high school, right around the time that I met Brian, I got really into hip hop. So you the same high school? No. Nope. Oh. <laughs> so I, she's 21 and I'm 25. We're high school? four years apart. Oh, okay. so, we're four, <laughs> so we have four year gap. So we didn't go to the same high school, okay. but we always joked that if we went to the same high school, we would not like each other. Not <laughs> at all. Okay. Because she was like, you know, into her like drama classes, musical theater, all that, and I was the jokester. Okay. I was the one, the class clown. Okay. Um, again, like I, I couldn't fit in with a certain group, so I just fit in with all. Of try them. to fit in with everyone <laughs> and try to make everyone laugh. I was a jokester. Okay. I, I grew up making people laugh, so we always say that if we were into high school together, we would have never happened. We would have hated each other, yeah. um, which is funny. Because we're together now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I guess you're speaking on, um, you took music contemporary, uh, the, what was it again? The music contemporary? Music theory. Music theory. Yeah. I'm very curious, um, you know, since you both grew up listening to the music, did that make it more easy for you to learn to dance? Yes. Because you, you uh, kind of understood the music a little yeah, I think it. the biggest thing for us, when we, when we really started training in salsa and bachata, we had an advantage because we knew so much about music, right, right, right. rhythm, um, counting, th all those things already came naturally for us. And so we see some of our students struggle that right. have never had that experience before. Timing is an issue. Tempo is an issue. Mm. So I think that really helped us. I think the biggest thing we had to learn was really the influences, the cultural 
influences where the music comes from, how movement can can express those historical roots. That's what we really needed to learn. But the rhythm we had, yeah. it was in our blood from day one. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Just from two totally different backgrounds. So let me ask you this then. Um, you know, since you both are instructors, maybe for some people out there, you know, who are maybe new to it, any type of dance, and are having troubles, you know, with the rhythm or understanding the music, you know, um, what tips or advice can you give them to um, improve their? Uh, that's a good one. Um, I know we love to go into depth about concepts and history and um, how to break down everything, um, little things that will help improve the big things. Uh, but I think the, the one thing that I love to do the most, just because I did have issue, you know, especially when I jumped into salsa, like counting, like multitasking and being ambidextrous and thinking at two things so at a, once. As a beginner lead, right? It, yes. It's difficult. Um, so the way we love to break it down is find something that you can relate to. Um, especially when I teach class, if I teach something that I know is hard, I will teach it like I'll teach it the same way, but I'll give three like at least two or three descriptions. Um, so especially like when I do my basic, this is the easiest one that I do all the time because some people can't like have trouble counting or some people have trouble like um, finding the tempo. Having, finding the tempo. So when I do our basic, I always say you know I count obviously one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, and then I'll count in different rhythms. I'll be like, one, two, three, five, six, seven. Right. And then I, I, I let people choose which one works best. I say step, 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 collect or tap. Um, and then I say step, 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 tap. Um, and then I, I, I just, while we do our warm-up, I'll go many different ways. Just because I've seen people who can't put numbers to their steps. Mm -hmm. yeah. But as soon as I say step, 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 tap, it's like... That's Such a different steps, person. Yeah. And, and then, so I do that with, uh, when we teach a little um, four counts, uh, like a little concept or something, uh, uh, I love making people laugh. And I think when people laugh, they de-stress. Yeah. They stop thinking less um, and focus. So, um, like the other a couple, like last week or this uh, last past week, um, I did something. And she was like, don't say that, that sounds weird. Because I was saying chicken wing. Because uh, I was uh, having everyone catch the leads, catch the female's arm. Okay. Um, and I was like, this looks like a chicken wing. Like, it's funny. And so everyone started laughing. And when I would call out chicken wing, everyone would do it perfectly. Because I, I was putting counts to it. And I was like, okay, and go. Five, six, seven, eight, or one, two, three, four. And then people were having trouble. And I was like, just remember chicken wing. People would laugh. And I said it. And they would all do it. And I'm like, I just, I want people to like, when you think of chicken wing, you stop thinking, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Chicken wing, people are like, oh, chicken wing. Yeah. And it's just little cute little funny things like that that help people uh, view it and not get stressed out. Okay. You know? Yeah. I think another big thing that I would say is, especially in classes from the perspective of an instructor, we count a lot. Okay. There's a lot of numbers. I, I always joke and say, yeah, bachata is a math class. You had no idea you'd be coming to Algebra <laughs> 1 when, it, when it's bachata. Yeah. But we don't listen to the music enough. So I think the biggest thing that, especially when we have private students that they're like, I'm really struggling with tempo and timing, the biggest tip that I can give is listen to music when you're not dancing. Okay. You just have to get the feeling yep. in your body because the counts will always be there. Right. You'll always be able to fall back on, oh, one, two, I prep on three, four. You'll always be able to do that. 
but the music, the tempo is never ending. It's never gonna change regardless of how you're counting. And so I don't think we get that in our heads enough. I don't think we, we remember that we're dancing to music and not dancing to numbers. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And just, uh, and just listen, like literally just listen. Close your eyes and listen mm -hmm. because people when, they, when they're new and they like really want to jump into it, they think about 20 different things that they learned. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we've done this in our privates. I say, you have to start your foundation. Some people want to skip a couple steps. They're like, hey, I saw you do this move. And I'm like, okay, well, can you do this? And they're like, no, but I want to learn that. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to say this in a nice way. I can teach you this, but if you can't do this one thing, you're going to have a lot of trouble doing this. And, you know, I'm like, this might sound boring, but trust me, it's going to help you so okay, much. Right, right. Um, that's how we were taught. Uh, yes, and that's what we take pride in. Like, mm -hmm. we love uh, what we do because we break it down. You know, if you build a house, I'm not going to show you how to build a roof and then say, go build it, and then we can start on the house. No, I'm going to say, we got to start our foundation. Yeah, I, I took, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm using house because I took uh, architectural classes. But, yeah, you, you start at the foundation. Start with the first floor, second floor, then the roof can come. I can't teach you the roof, which is very like hard to build before you even know how to put a wall together. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? So same thing with um, dancing. I, I say um, take your time with the small stuff. Mm -hmm. it, it, it pays off. Trust okay. me. It will pay off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to see you guys might be like maybe episode 85, maybe. And, you know, everything, or every, the same thing the instructors told me, you know, always the basics. Mm -hmm. How important the foundation is, you know, how that's the building block upon everything else. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. People. I mean, we still take beginner classes all yeah. the time. And, and people, people that have been coming to our classes for a year and a half, two years, they, they'll be like, oh, why do you guys do a basic warm-up every time we come to class? We all know that. Like, can you go over some harder stuff? <laughs> and when we see a bunch of people that have taken our class for that long and have trouble in our basic warm-up, there's a reason yeah. we're doing that. Yeah. And n we tell people all the time, you will learn something from any level class that you take. Totally. Even if it is the beginner of the beginner classes, totally. you will learn something. You can take something away from it. Yeah. Which is big, you know? Mm -hmm. well, that's what we say when we finish a class. We're like... Um, don't leave here trying to remember the whole combination. <laughs> That's going to screw you up. Yeah. You know, We're don't not leave here. You a combination. Yeah, don't leave here trying to learn the whole combination, and then people will get scared that they don't know the whole thing, so they won't do any of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I say, leave here uh, feeling good about one thing. Um, next class, we're going to go. We're going to complement, or we're going to do concepts, and we'll put it together in a in a little choreo, but leave knowing one thing. Then eventually you start knowing bits and pieces that you can put together. If mm -hmm. you learn, if you try to remember the whole choreography we did in class, you can't do it all, so you're not gonna do it at all. Then whatever you learn just goes in the trash. Exactly. Next class, I don't remember the whole thing. I'm not gonna do any of it, trash. And then when you could have been taking bits and pieces of it and adding to your repertoire of moves right, and right. skills, somebody did that, you didn't, they know they took five classes, they know five things. You took five classes, but since you didn't remember the whole combination, you know nothing now. You get what I'm saying? So it's very important. I don't remember who told us that, but it's they. someone asked us, they're like, how many workshops have you taken? This was years ago. And we're like, oh, we took this many workshops from this many people. And they're like, okay. Um, that was Jose Serrano. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Shout out, Jose. We love you, man. <laughs> uh, but he was like, okay, show me what you did in that class. And we're like, 
yeah. we're like, we uh, we have a video. <laughs> Let's go back in the video. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, what do you remember? And I was like, I don't remember the combination. And he's like, okay, that's 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 the problem. You know, you, you're trying to learn a combination. Fighting off more than you can chew. Yeah, and then you don't remember it, and it never gets used. Mm. So it's focusing on on concept and bits and pieces. Let me ask you this then. Um, I've been to a couple of congresses, probably just like you all have. Um, and you know, big things, a big portion of the classes will be a combination, will be a pattern. Yeah. Um, let's say, I don't know if you've taught any festival or anything, but what would you do differently if you were to teach a class at a festival? Um, Instead of offering a pattern class, what would you offer? I think we would still do like a little pattern. The reason that is, is what we teach like we do a little pattern, obviously, and and everyone does this. We're not trying to shoot down the c workshops and whatnot, but you kind of have to do a pattern to incorporate with like what we're going over. You so get that's how we structure all of our classes. We do three group classes a week. Yeah. Um, all of our classes, the concepts that we teach are put into a combination just to give you some way to connect the dots. Okay. Each one of the dots is what we want you to take away from the class. So yeah. one of my favorite things that we teach is how to lead and how to follow a body roll. We're okay. gonna show you one or two or three ways to get into it, one or two or three ways to get out of it, but 40 minutes of the one hour class is gonna be spent on how do you lead it and how do you follow it? What yeah. should you be feeling? What should the leader be giving signals through? How should the follower be receiving it? That way, when you leave, you have options. You have mm -hmm. ways to get in and out of it, and you understand mechanically what you're doing to your follower. Yeah. In a workshop setting in Congresses, you obviously have a ton more people. Right, you right. have to deliver it to a wider audience, so you have to accommodate for those beginners, those right. advanced people. So for us, we say concepts, not combinations. Yeah. Okay. So I, I really dislike taking workshop after workshop after workshop of partner work and nobody telling me why we did anything. Just telling me, follow this follow this blueprint for what your pattern or what your combination should look like. I want to know why. I want to know how you led something, how you follow something. That way, if any leader in this entire Congress dances with me and they throw that one concept that you taught, I know how to receive it as a follower. Yeah. And that's, I think, what, how we differentiate ourselves from others is we focus on those concepts that people consistently struggle with social dancing. Yeah, it's, it's not easy though, because mm -mm. you know you have a lot of people you have to cater to. Mm -hmm. so, it's really hard to teach a body roll to someone that's never even learned their basics. Right. Yeah. That's difficult. But if you can find a way to communicate it and break it down in a way that they can understand, not necessarily connecting it to your basic or not connecting it to the, the music or the counts, if you can just explain what's happening in their body, anybody can get that regardless of how long they've been dancing. Um, I want you to, you know, maybe speak on that. Um, you know, I guess, tell me, what is the proper way for a lead to lead a body role? And what should the follow be looking for? So something we like to teach is, um, what I like to say, is anything I lead a follower to do, I should know what she's doing, and like I should know what her body's doing, and I should almost be able to do it myself. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If I don't know how to shake someone's hand, I'm not gonna go shake someone's hand. I don't know how to, so right. why should I? Why should I initiate a handshake? Um, I know handshake, body roll, <laughs> two different things. <laughs> I think I um, you, but yeah. when I lead a body roll, uh, I. When we dance, it's it's not with our eyes. A lot of people think that dancing, you know, you, you want to do with your eyes, but uh, it's it's feel, you know. So when you lead a body roll, 
you should almost be able to feel the body roll yourself. Because um, there would be a lot of leads who initiate a body roll and expect to follow to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of those hand leads. Just initiate hand, let Pushing it, buttons. Pushing buttons, yeah. boom, boom, boom. You should know what I'm doing. You should All know what right. I'm doing. Yeah. Um, especially in Bachata Sensual, uh, understanding that it's a partner connection, mm-hmm. um, it's communicating through dance uh, with your partner. And because uh, you're connected, various points of your body uh, with your frame, you should understand what a body roll is if you're in the lead in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we teach body rolls, we, we make guys do body rolls too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they're just going to lead it, we ha- I want the guy to know what the what she's feeling. I, I think it's some um, pushing buttons versus, I guess, body leading. Yeah, like You're actually mm-hmm. doing it. It's, it's two, yeah. Yeah. two things, right? It, it takes a lot of mechanical awareness. You have to understand how the spine can possibly move. You have to understand the spacing between you guys. You have to understand where her weight is going to go. That's one of the reasons that we chose Bachata Sensual as the dance that we wanted to teach and that we wanted to share with people. It's such a large amount of awareness of weight and where her feet are placed, where right. yours are placed, right. and the control that the leader has over the follower and how she's going to move. So when we teach body rolls, one of the big things that we talk about is it's diagonal. It's not forward and back. It's not there shouldn't be any side to side movement, but it is like breathing. Okay. So when we take when we break down our body rolls, even for beginners, people that have never danced before, it's about inhaling and exhaling and how your body naturally moves with that breath is how you do a body roll. Okay. Yep. And I'm if I I might be annoying when I do this, <laughs> but I use a lot of metaphors. Okay. Like Metaphors, <laughs> so she says I use too many. Okay. But um, like I said, I always try to make it so people have something to relate to. Mm. Like, literally. Um, so if I can think of a metaphor that will help you, it, it helps people. So uh, sometimes I can't just say, okay, on one you do this because that's what you do on one and this is why you have to breathe here. And guys, you don't want to injure her, you want to be safe, you want to be comfortable, respectful. This is uh, communication through dance and it's art. It's not how to pick up girls. Um, I can say all of that all day long. Um, but if I say, you know, do this because your body naturally, ladies, if you close your eyes and you're doing this by yourself, it's going to be super natural. Mm-hmm. Like um, when we do a hammer lock, I love doing this exercise where I say, guys, if you bring your hand out directly in front of you at 90 degree angle and you touch your back without, like, Keeping it at 90 degrees, try to touch your back. And everyone's like, oh, damn, I can't. I can't. And I'm like, okay, well, when you do a hammer lock and you don't bring your arm down, you, this is what you're doing to your follower. Mm-hmm. I'm like, understand that you can injure someone. Um, understand what the body's natural inclination is going to be and try to make it as safe, comfortable, and easy for your follower as possible. So I, I always want guys to understand what, what the follower's doing. So I say, hey, do this? Can you do that? No, then don't make your follower do that. You get what I'm saying? I've had a lot of experiences dancing with leads, especially at congresses, where the the movements and the positions that they put me in, especially dancing bachata, feel so unnatural. And I don't think people realize that bachata sensual specifically, all of it is natural movement. All of it is how your body and your muscles and your bones and your joints are all going to move naturally anyways if you didn't have a leader or follower there. So I think people forget that we're still dancing with human bodies. You're yeah. still moving how a body moves. You're just putting two of them together and drawing pictures. 
So I think that's something that a lot of people forget. It shouldn't feel unnatural. All of it should feel like breathing and walking. Yes. I'm curious, um, speaking of which I have to send you all, um, are you guys familiar with Brazilian Zouk? Yes. yes. I'm, I'm curious, what's, uh, what's your experience with that, I guess? I have. <laughs> I don't know if Brian has any experience. No. We are, are well-versed in what the music sounds like. Okay. We are well-versed in what the movements should look like. I have danced social dances with it. Um, we have yet to take a class. Okay. Zook in this area is growing. There is not that many outlets for Zook at the mm. moment here, so we have a lot of experience with Zook up in D.C. Yeah. I used to go to D.C., yeah. yeah. And so I'm just going to say my, what I see, um, I feel like Bachata Sensual is very similar to Brazilian Zook. Yes, so uh, mm-hmm. especially Bachata Sensual has a lot of influences from like Kizomba and Zook. Okay. I think they influence each other a lot. Okay. Yeah. I can see yeah. that definitely. So especially now, it's 2019. Um, it's like a fusion, right? So there's, yeah, um, there's pros and cons to that. You know, uh, back, 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 before we were even born, it's like salsa is one way, bachata is another way. Right. And then I don't know when Kizomba and Zuk were, you know, there's, they correlate, they, they come from. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been around for a while, but yeah, mm-hmm. A lot of it comes from like them. Africa and exactly. all that. So over there, you know, who knows? But um, now it's like, New York style salsa, salsa on two, salsa on Everyone one. Everyone wants a label to distinguish uh, that. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 very difficult to say really who influences what when it comes to like, because um, especially in bachata you have uh, traditional bachata, you know, Dominican bachata, bachata sensual. You have um, bachata romantic, modern, modern bachata, romantica, okay. fusion, all that. I didn't know there's even other ones. Yeah, so okay. there's a lot. Um, but we respect everyone who, who, who chooses one and really wants to grow in that, mm-hmm. in that one, you know, um, style. Um, it's it's very difficult to say like where you get your moves from. Okay. Um, just because like the way we get our moves is we we love to feel like what what works, what doesn't. Um, yes, we see a lot of moves and we we like train in certain moves and say how can we improve this and that. Um, but we also connect with each other. Um, so we try to see, sometimes I do stuff that I, like, you know, never seen before, but it's because we we dance together and we connect. We, we're communicating. So I'm like, hmm, right now I feel like this. And then something comes out of it. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that felt comfortable. Did it feel comfortable for you? And if she says no, I'm... Either we figure out why, or we never do it again. Because okay. it's unnatural. Yeah, it's it's unnatural. We we try to do stuff that really suits you, yeah. um, and flows and and is artistic. Mm-hmm. I want to. But I, I want to hear about um, you know, what is it like having a dance partner? Tell me about that. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> so like I have a girl we dance, yeah, but like that's you know we're not dance partners. We're just social dancers. You we know? get asked that all the yeah, time. So what is that like to have a dance partner? So. A little backstory. Um, I danced bachata and salsa before I met Brian. Right. For about a year, year and a half, I had a different partner. Um, he taught me everything that I know about salsa and bachata. Jose Paredes, he lives here. Um, he is from the Dominican Republic, so I was well-versed in Dominican bachata, right, right, traditional, right. like, <laughs> grassroots, traditional bachata, how it is, what it is, why it is, yeah. all of that. When I met Brian... He came out for a party with some friends. 
and I had I had already been dancing, and he asked me to dance, thought he was the shit, and then uh, <laughs> and then figured dang. out he wasn't. Okay. <laughs> but I think meeting when social dancing motivated him to learn more because he wanted yes. to know what yeah. the heck this thing was that I did. And I had to impress her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of course. So Real quick, I think that's one of the great, great things about congresses and festivals. It's kind of like inspiring. It brings together so many people that otherwise would never have had an opportunity. Right. Um, so Brian immediately started training with me less than a month after we'd met. Yeah, right. so Jose, I was like, I, w you know, we started dating. Jose noticed that we, were start we started dating. So Jose was like, be her partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll teach you what I know. Nice. Um, we learned this choreography and performance. So... You so know, we, so were, we built a relationship, we built dance knowledge, and we built a dance partnership at the same time. Yeah. Dang. It's grown since we met, like, since that day. Which is really good. And this is why, like, I joke about this a lot. I'm saying if it weren't for dance, I don't know how we would have met. Dang. Because, like I said, we yeah. were very totally... Opposites. Opposites. Right. We were opposites. Um, you know, I was... Um, I went through a breakup like, a couple months before her. I met her. So I was like, you know what? I'm on my own now. I'm just going to be a teenager. Even though I was, <laughs> well, I was 21. But I was like, I'm just going to do stuff that I, you know, I missed out on. So I was with, hanging out with my friends and just um, thinking I was cool and you know, not, not knowing what to do. Um, met her. Realized that people... I thought... Okay. <laughs> so I thought all the people dancing were drunk. Okay. I was like, man, all these people are drunk because there's a lot of people dancing. So when I asked her to dance, she was like, no, we're here. I'm here to practice and, and socialize. And I'm like, wait, you're here because you're dancing, like, seriously. And it's a difference between, uh, I guess, like, dancing and your, co your culture. Yeah. Your culture does. Totally yeah. different. We were just talking about this the other day, that the dance community and the Hispanic community right. that listens to salsa and bachata and merengue all the time totally separate things oh, and they don't cross over very often I, real quick i'm sorry to say this but i'll go to like uh an actual spanish club and i'll feel like a superstar we went up north to see my family last year for like new year's and stuff and they're like look at these professionals right. and, blah, blah. and i'm like I'm like oh no you know like we're really we're really humble and we pride ourselves on that like oh we're still you know we're just we're, we're always learning. We're always like, learning. We've only been doing this for like four years. There's people who've done this for twenty years. Mm -hmm. You know that I we want we look up to them. Right. Don't look up to me. Look up to them. Mm -hmm. We're we're trying to go there, and so uh, but in their eyes, we they they they've never seen what we do. Right, right. So when I met her, I was like, damn, y'all know all this. So um, and that's what I think benefits us being partners and in a relationship we don't get jealous okay. at all mm -mm. it like was the precedent from day one yeah that, like, that's what i did that's what he was gonna do okay. yeah. social dancing was practice social dancing was to meet friends but at the same time anything that we learned being in a relationship transferred over to being dance partners so anytime we had a milestone or we had an argument or we had a new level of connection that just made being dance par partners that much easier. Okay. Yeah. And I, I've noticed that either people are dating for a really long time and then they decide to be dance partners or they're dance partners for a really long time and then they decide to date. 
So then you're in two separate phases of those partnerships mm. at two different times. Okay. Yeah. You're either you've either been in love for a while and now you have to learn how to be dance partners mm. and how to be professional right, and how right. to communicate in dance practices, which has probably been our biggest issue. Yeah. Or it's the other way around and you know how to be professional, but now you know how to now you have to learn how to handle being in love and being professional. Yeah. And for us being able to do that at the exact same time, okay, right. it just it happened naturally. Yeah, cuz in a dance argument and then an at home argument they can be totally different, mm-hmm. especially if in those two settings, you're at different places. Mm-hmm. So like say, let's say you've been a dance, uh, if you've been partners for a long time before you start dating, then you start dating, that first argument is going to be really weird because you're like, okay, well, how do we, we've, we've argued and danced, but we've just left, we've gone, you went home and I went home, now yeah. we're together. Yeah. Or if you're a couple for a long time and you've had your arguments, then when you're dancing, and then you argue. It's like, okay, how do we handle this? Because mm-hmm. we don't know how to argue in a dance setting. And then for us, we've um, been in, in both stages at the same time throughout the whole time. So anytime we have like any disagreements or anything, I don't, I, I don't call them arguments because yeah. we, I don't think we argue. No. We disagree. We'll say, I, I don't know. And then, you know, it might get a little heated sometimes. And then we'll just like, okay, you know what? Practice is over. Let's go home. Mm-hmm. We have a home. Let's go home and let's talk about it. Um, but like we can go back and forth because we're at the same stage in both, both of those. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it helps a lot. Like mm-hmm. no jealousy issues. No, I'm better than you. You're better than me issues. Yeah. Um, so like everything we do, we do together. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we look at it. We say, okay. Um, and when we started, it was hard because dancing you would say you messed up right fix it or she would say no you didn't do this right fix it and now we're like okay something happened, happened. <laughs> right, right. what the fuck happened is it, is that, that's probably the benefit of uh, I guess having an instructor though someone who you can go to with that yes. problem so that's been an interesting transition um, we danced well first we danced for Jose um, and then we wanted to take the more sensual route, and we really fell in love with Kat Arias, who you already yeah, interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we call her dance mama. Dance mama. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we danced. Y'all competed with Ferocity, right? Yeah. So exactly. we danced for her for two seasons. The first season, we did Daniel and Desiree World Team Project, nice. um, just to get our foot in the door because she was in D.C., we were in Raleigh. That was a four. That was an eight-hour drive okay. there yes. and back to get that kind of instruction and she was in you were in high school when we did that so when we met i was a senior in high school and brian was 21 okay so Shh, don't i see those <laughs> jokes all those jokes i will come up with those jokes before you okay we're past that we're four years past that um but we would drive monday night monday afternoon after i got out of school we would drive to dc okay. practice eight to ten drive home and I would go to school the next morning. And I would go to work the next that's, morning. That's so we'd get home dedication. at like 2 in yeah. the morning. That is. And it's an eight-hour drive? Or it's a f- four hours there, four yeah, hours okay, back. Okay, and we do yeah. it in that. We do it back to back. Yeah. Okay, so our drive, just our drive there was longer than our practices. Yeah. Mm. And it was tough because we wanted to be the best while we were there because we were given the opportunity. Even when, it, when we weren't doing the Dang and Desiree team, we did like our couples piece and, and training amateur there. It was hard going from a four-hour drive to try to practice hardcore, and it was tough because, especially for me, like I want to give a hundred percent, my body couldn't. Right. Mm -hmm. It was tough. It was tough, especially driving. I would drive four hours, 
and my knees will hurt so much. Mm -hmm. So I would stretch, and I'm horrible at stretching because I don't do it. So that's my fault. But we jump into it, and I would feel like I'm, I'm my movements are big, and then I'd watch a video, and I'm like, what was I like? It looks like I'm dead. Okay. And like while I'm there, I, I felt like I was giving it all. So it was tough, man. That. And then driving back, and then just and having then to drive back was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was. So it was we did great. a season of that. Took a brief break, just doing performances off and on with her, and then we decided to compete as an amateur couple. We wanted. We've never competed before, so this was 2018. We wanted to get our foot in the door with competing. We wanted to get experience performing, um, doing a couples piece instead of a team routine. So she was amazing. We would go up there every couple weeks once a month like we'd go up there and she did our whole choreography and we competed in Vegas Vegas at the International Latin Dance Championship okay. that was our first time ever and it was crazy and then we did the World Latin Dance Cup in Orlando Florida in December okay. um, having a coach for those two things best thing we probably could have yeah, had because if we didn't have a coach we would have been a mess. We yeah. had no idea how to handle ourselves. We didn't. We didn't understand how disciplined and dedicated we needed to be. Yep. Backstage, on stage, practicing in the room. That was huge. And we appreciate having Cat as our coach, just because. Cat made the biggest difference. She's not one of these coaches that drills you and then says, "Okay, see you next time we practice in." She treats all her students like her children. Okay. So she'll and drill you, and then she'll give you a big hug and let you cry yeah. it, cry it out. I mean, she, that's how we call her our dance mom because I, I'm not a crier or anything. I'm sense, I'm a sensitive guy, but like I don't cry. Um, I don't, I don't like sharing my emotions. Okay. And Cat made me, <laughs> made me share my emotions just because, like, I wanted to be better. You know, she pushed us to be better, and it took a while, but we did it to. You know, obviously, we can always be better. We're nowhere near where we, hopefully, we want to end up right. one day. But she pushed us hard as hell, man. She's a true, she's a true fierce lady. Yeah. She can. She pushed us hard enough to place third in the world. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy, man. So for and all those people have probably competed more Plenty times time. than yeah. us or the first time or yeah time. so our first and our only two times ever competing we placed top three and mm-hmm. it's unbelievable That's man awesome. it's unbelievable so the challenge has been that this is our first year 2019 is our first year as a professional couple without yes. a coach okay so our court we feel a lot of pride that this year's choreography is 100 percent ours nice. We did it, but it's been a new challenge navigating yes. being our own coaches. That's that's a huge take and a huge journey in itself, but I think we've been handling it pretty well. If yeah. it wasn't for Kat teaching us how to do that, right. we wouldn't have been able to do it ourselves. Yep. I'm, I'm curious, and I understand all that. Um, you know, we're kind of jumping around. I want to ask you this, you know, um, keeping in mind maybe someone else who might be a beginner. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very curious to hear about your beginner stage in bachata. You know, what was that like first learning the dance? Um, for us, it was it was weird at first because I did hip hop my whole life, and the hip hop I, I like did, I can see that helping though. It helped. It helps in some ways. Yes, it helped me you learn. Have, you have uh, good body awareness. Yes. Yes. Um, that's good, but also like there's a lot of new things that. I had to learn that I was like, I'm not used to that. Mm. 
and it took me a while to I get used to it. something new, though. Yeah. yeah so every time I do something, she's like, um, she would point it out a lot. She's like, you're doing that very hip hoppy, you know? Okay. And that's cool, but right now that's not, you know, you need to. And so everything I did, I would add like hip hop flair to it. And I wasn't doing it on purpose. It was just it's my just body. Was, yeah. yeah, so my body would do it. I think I was saying that's still your style, though, you know? Yeah. That's your style. So It was difficult, though, starting with Dominican. Starting with mm. traditional oh, yeah. and him having to break those habits. I started with salsa before I started with bachata, um, like training, like performing. You was, you was a child, a child though, right? Uh, yeah, when yeah, I was a yeah. kid, I did mostly salsa with my mom, and then I threw in bachata. But then when I actually started taking classes and training, and I met Jose, Jose started with salsa, broke down salsa onto first. So all of my body movement came from that. So by, by the time I did traditional bachata, I already had those like right. historically um, influenced movements ingrained right, right. in my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a fantastic job of creating the body movement that I have today. I don't okay. think I would dance bachata how I do today if I'd never done salsa and traditional with him. Um, but I think for Brian, that was more of a challenge because he had so many years of hip hop experience before that. He had so many habits to break, okay. and I didn't. Was, yeah. I didn't come with all of those habits. Mm. I was kind of a clean slate. Yeah. So it made me. It made it easier for me to learn, understand music, and rhythm, get tempo. get like I would get stuff fast. Right, right, but right. my I had more bad habits than mm-hmm. someone who's never danced before. You know, if you say, yeah. okay, when you do this, do it this way. That's the first time they're ever gonna do it. They're gonna do it right. Yeah, I'm just saying. And then me, it was like, do this, and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm doing. They're like, no, you keep doing this, and I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, yes, you keep doing that, Brian. You're take your hip hop out of it right now. <laughs> okay. So Jose made me. There was one time where I stood in front of a mirror and he made me just do my hips, move my hips back and forth. Not even stepping. Not even stepping, just moving my hips. I had to stand in front of a mirror. It felt like I was doing it for like 10 hours. It was probably like 40 minutes, <laughs> but I literally just did that. Okay. And I was like, my abs were hurting. I was like, man, so there's actually like, there's, there's movement to everything. Like mm-hmm. your whole body is used. And so having my hip hop background learning true like technique and body awareness and understanding that um after learning all of this i could bring this back in you get what i'm saying like i couldn't keep this in here and have my bad habits challenging the right way Mm -hmm. so i had to leave hip-hop i had to just take it out of my mind understand all this then i was like okay now i can be true to myself and incorporate a little bit of this on purpose And so, again, when I did hip-hop, it was not, like, hard stuff. It was uh, it was more, like, lyrical dancing, you know, like, R&B and, like, flowing and waving and then, like, gliding. It wasn't, like, hit, 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 hit. It was more, like, I was, like, smooth with it. So then, once I knew what I was doing in bachata, I was like, okay, let me... Let me come back to who Brian is. Yeah. So I think it helps a lot. People, we get a lot of compliments. People are like, "You guys are just so smooth," and and uh, I think one, we're in love. <laughs> so dancing, yeah. we feel supernatural dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, two, we both have really good backgrounds and mm-hmm. strong backgrounds. So um, it it helps so much, man. It, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Um, I guess I'm curious to know, um, you all have been teaching for a while now, mm-hmm. or how, how long have you been teaching? Yes. So we started mm-hmm. teaching in 
what is this year, 2019? We started teaching in May of 2017. Okay. Um, wow. But we started we started teaching to not to get paid, but to gain teaching experience. Right, right. So a new studio opened up here. Our really good friends, Jenny Gesca and Annie Velez, who are really well-known dancers in the area, um, they decided to open up a studio, and it was the first of its kind, and they wanted bachata classes, and they wanted to help us kind of discover teaching and growing a community so we started teaching for free like we did a weekly group class didn't make anything from it and we actually got a ton of people that came to class and we had them and we had Beto Herrera that lives here that does uh, Mambu Dramaco Dance Company he helped us and they all three kind of mentored our teaching to where we knew how to how to create like lesson plans we knew how to structure classes over time we knew how to break down concepts we knew the language to to use to explain it to people so they were a huge help so it wasn't until we completed world latin dance cup as amateurs Mm -hmm. last year that we started teaching two nights a week and unfortunately that studio that we started teaching at has closed so we moved all of our teaching over to Carmen's Cuban Cafe. You yeah. dance there. Yeah. Um, Which Beto has his Mambo Dinamco dance company there as that's well. How, that's how the whole so it's a yeah. So there's a separate room, and that's his studio. That's what um, mm-hmm. he uses. And, I mean, if it like all these people that we connect with, if it weren't for them, we would not be where it is. Yeah. Okay? It started so with Jose and then Kat and then Jenny and uh, Annie and then Beto. It's just... We, I think we are blessed because, um, one, we have all these mentors and people who we love and we're hoping they love us. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, it gives us, puts us in good positions. And I think um, who we are as people is influences like opportunities and, and where we are because, again, we've been through some tough shit, both mm-hmm. her and I. Um, so... We want to do things the right way, whether it's slower than jumping a couple of steps. I would rather get to the end goal um, if it takes longer to do it correctly than to, you know, jump steps and, and, and try to. So we took our time to learn how to teach before we've ever started advertising our services as instructors. So this is really the first year that we've been like, okay, we can actually call ourselves instructors kind of because yeah. we've been doing it gosh two and a half years yeah um not not even worried about getting paid for it just really diving into how do you become a good instructor how do you break down concepts not for performing not for competing but for social dancing which i think is the biggest market of people more people social dance than they perform of course, of course. um so we've really taken our time to know our stuff and know how to teach our stuff yeah, and we, we're we friends with our students, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, during the class, I respect you as a friend, but uh, I respect you as a student, you respect me as an instructor, and have any questions, I will answer them. I will, like, you know, during the class, I will tell you if something's right or wrong, what's the best option. After class, like, we're friends. Like, w- come dance with us. Okay. We're going to dance. Let's yeah. just dance. Let's mm-hmm. practice. If you have any questions, let us know. Um, so... We during class we ask for feedback. We keep it very like um, professional, say, mm-hmm. and, and make sure that everyone's comfortable. You know, we we love feedback. Um, we've gotten feedback from some people that say uh, we should listen to more music. We've gotten feedback from people who say, "Hey, 
I feel like we danced a lot, but I, I really want you to explain it more. So it helped us learn how to be where we are. Yeah. Both from instructors and from students. Yeah, because when we started, I was, we were nervous. That was your first time. And it was, I say um, teaching and dancing are two separate skills. Very right? different, oh. and not all dancers are teachers. Exactly. Not all performers are social dancers. And, and even not then, all, like, even then, yeah. yeah. Performance dancing is different than social dancing. Very, very, very different. different. It's all three mm -hmm. separate things. So yeah. of and uh, unfortunately, a lot of the things that people want to be taught are things that are performed. Okay, and right, so right, right. it's very, it's been difficult, but I think we've done a really good job yep. of learning how to take these moves that people see on YouTube and That's the right. Daniel and Desiree-esque <laughs> dancing that people see on videos and translating that, here's how you do it and go and make it yours. Yeah. That's what we want our students to take away from it because that's what we've done. We've yep. taken very strict technique and we've mastered it and we've learned, okay, this is how we can translate it into how we love to dance. Right. And it all goes back to foundation. Like mm -hmm. people see videos on YouTube, I wanna learn how to do that. And I tell them, okay, we gotta do this first. Right. We gotta do that first. If you have patience, trust me, you'll get there. Mm. Especially when I don't think people realize all the people that they see on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook that they love have been dancing 8, 10, 12, 15 years and sometimes together as partners. Yeah. Um, they don't see all the hard work that goes into being able to dance like that. That's and they the professionals. They, they make it look easy. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Look, you know what I'm <laughs> and it can be if you put the time into right. it to master it. Mm. So that's what we emphasize with our students. That's very yeah. important. Um, and I guess I'm very curious to hear, you know, how would you all maybe define success for, uh, for your careers? I'm, I'm unsure if you have full-time jobs right now. Are you full-time dancers? No, full-time job. I okay. got full-time right, job. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. So is, is the end goal to be, you know, professional dancers? Would that be? I think the way that we look at it is if that happens, that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. If that never happens for us and we continue teaching our group classes and doing performances, that's awesome too because we never even expected we'd be here. Okay. So yeah. I think... I think dancers approach it incorrectly when they say I have to make it here or else I've never made it and I haven't yeah. accomplished anything. But there are some people who I have to understand, you know, like they have no other outlet. Like this is really the only opportunity they have to change their life around. Um, so if you work hard, you know, you have some people are motivated by that. Like if, let's say um, I just listened to a podcast and it was talking about uh, Randy... The Randy Ruiz, the new heavyweight boxer. Uh, Andy Ruiz. Ruiz, yeah. He was like, I, you know, I, this is the only thing I could have done, and I'm blessed that now I'm world champ, and, mm -hmm. and now, I'm, you know, I made it. Now I can mm -hmm. give my mom whatever she wants. And the way he explained it, he's like, the reason I got into it is because that's all I, I knew. Okay. I wasn't going to go anywhere in life. Um, so there's some people, you know, with dancing who, who find an outlet, and it gets them out of, you know, the hole they're in. Right. Yeah. And I really hope that those people make it. Like, I really want them to make it. I want anyone I meet that this that is, is working hard, working hard yep, mm -hmm. to make it. And, um, but I also want people who, um, who are, have normal lifestyles but really dedicate themselves to do things properly. I also want those people to make it. And I think that success is more about like being in a place where you're happy with it um, because where you know you've put the work in behind it yeah. and it's paid off for you. Yeah. I, I think our goal has never to be has never been 
to be overnight bachata successes on Instagram. That's not our goal. Yeah. You can put out the best video ever and it can go viral. That doesn't mean that in a year or two years or three years, you'll still be doing that. And our goal has always been to create something sustainable, have classes here. If we get to travel and teach workshops and perform, that's fantastic. But yeah. if that stops, what else do we have? Mm. So I think success for us is building something that over time grows and continues. Okay. Yeah. So. We just we always emphasize we do we want to do it right. We don't just want to bypass all the steps of mastering our craft yeah. just to become famous overnight. Yeah. And I told her I've uh, I've said this to her before, but I say as soon as I don't like doing what we're doing, I don't want to do it anymore mm -hmm. because that's like let's say hypothetically speaking, if we we get booked and we're traveling a lot and then we're never home and then I start like being homesick and I'm like I just I don't I love what I do but I don't like what we're doing you mm -hmm. know like out here and blah 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 then that's defeats the purpose of why I'm dancing mm -hmm. so I grew up doing hip-hop and then I actually quit dancing before I met her I, I had like two years where I stopped dancing um, I have a friend who uh, actually moved to California right after he graduated high school and when he did that he went to pursue hip-hop dance and he was Taylor Swift's backup dancer. He was Paula Abdul's backup dancer. He was in Justin Bieber's music video. He had a little short um, show on YouTube. Like he, he's, he's doing yeah. hip hop he's and dancing. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I was like, I'm in North Carolina. Uh, comparing yourself. Yeah, I started comparing myself and I'm like, how am I gonna make it? Like what, am I gonna be famous? Or am I gonna make a lot of money or what? And I was like, and I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to quit and just work, help my mom, and, and be able to afford what I can. Then when I met her, I realized I stopped dancing because I was looking at it at materialistic things, yeah. and I was comparing myself to other people. And I was like, but I love dancing. Yeah. I was like, and so when, we, when I met her and I started doing it, I wasn't thinking about, oh, we sh we're going to be instructors. We started dancing. Just we, to dance with each other. Yeah, we were yeah. on a puppy love stage. Yeah. We started dancing. We, I wanted to impress her. I wanted to be as good as I can so I can, you know, dance to her uh, with her and, and show off a little bit, right? And then, then I started learning more. We started learning together. We started loving dancing, and dancing is like, I, I loved it. And my mom was, like, amazed because she was like, you know, you used to dance all the time. I'm mm. like, I, I, I'm actually shocked that you, you're, you love dancing again, like... I thought you gave it up. Yeah, I mm -hmm. thought you gave up doing that and, and she's happy because she knows I'm doing what I love. Okay. And she's yeah, like yeah. you're always going to end up doing something you love. And mm -hmm. so and, and it's crazy because like I said success for me with dance is not money. It's not it's not like performing at the best shows. To me dance is showing people that this is what I love to do. <laughs> like, um, if if we get the opportunity to do a show somewhere, it's because we love to show people what we want, what yeah. we do. Um, we love teaching people and helping people learn something new or, or get the concept of something. We love dancing with other people and communicating, socializing, and, and just communicating through dance with other people. We also love learning. And learning, yeah. yes. Yeah. Every time my mind's blown, to me it's like, hi. I'm like, What? I can do that now, or I never saw it that way, or we can do that now, that's mm -hmm. cool. 
So it's that to me is success. Mm -hmm. Growing. Yeah. Not, growing. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't care what, like what I can get from it. I care about what mentally I, 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 and in in my soul, like what happens okay. with it. Mm -hmm. So. I understand that. And as long as it's with this one, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> don't make me blush, God. <laughs> um, I want to ask you this, man. Um, you know, for for maybe someone who is a beginner, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe a saucer with chocolate, and um, they feel like they're stuck in this rut, they're not getting better. You know, what advice could you give them? Um, I, I would say take a step back. And understand why you're doing it um, because there's people who the dance scene is crazy you never know what kind of person right. is out there he, he started dressing my own there a book by his cover yeah, yeah. oh my god we know people who I'm we, one of our friends he's an ice skating coach and we're like what you're a ice skating coach yeah. and we never knew that so there's a lot of things that we didn't like People you don't know their background. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people do it as an outlet. A lot of people do it because they grew up doing it. A lot of people do it to try something new. And I say always take a step back and figure out why you're doing it. Because mm -hmm. people want to get better and better. And then they stop They stop looking at why they started it. And I think that's very important. Because okay, people right, were like, right. I'm stuck. I can't grow. And then they're like, I, I don't. I can't get better. So... Then you have to st step back and then look at why you started it. Okay, I understand that. I definitely do. Yeah, I think another thing is people try to people try to learn bachata overnight. <laughs> or salsa, even salsa. People really think that they can become some kind of overnight success. And you have to take the time to master the stage that you're in. Brian talked about the house. You have to learn your basic before you can learn your crossbody lead or your left-hand turn. And people want to jump 10 levels and learn, you know, a body roll with a three-quarter whatever and a 180-degree spin and blah, 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 blah. They want to learn everything. You have to take it bit by bit and realize that everybody learns differently. Everybody learned addition at a, at a different pace. Everybody yeah. learned how to read at a different pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody is going to learn dance differently, and it takes different instructors, different classes, different ways of explaining things to learn that so i think that people need to keep in mind everybody's different and you will get there you just have to continue learning i think people get depressed when they're not learning as quickly as they thought they would yep everybody's different and it's going to happen exactly yeah and it's unnecessary especially if if it's just social dancing and you're just taking classes because you love it keep loving it don't put the pressure on yourself yeah. to be as good as your instructor tomorrow. Okay, right, right, right. I was very hard on myself when we were doing our yeah. choreography for uh, competing because I looked at myself and I started comparing myself to people. I was like, man, these people are better because they've had more experience. Um, I tend to not, I was like, I couldn't get a couple things because, again, I had bad habits that I kept doing. Like, you know, I wasn't, there's times where I couldn't look up or I was just because bad habits of hip-hop or just stuff I've never been used to. Um, and I was drilling myself like, man, like, I, I, like I'm letting her down. I'm letting my coach down. I'm, uh, I'm letting, like, it's going to be my fault, you know? And then we had to, like, have hearts to heart and I had to break down and dance <laughs> and realize, okay, we're doing this because we love it. Right. So when we competed, 
I threw everything away and said, this is because I love to do it. I'm doing it with someone I love. And I had to, I had to show that on stage. Mm -hmm. I, when I went on stage, I forgot about the point system. I forgot about who else was competing. And I got on there and, and obviously I took my glasses off so I couldn't <laughs> see people. But I looked at all the lights and heads of people, random people, and I was like, I want to show you guys what I have become through this and I hope that my hard work shows through here and I just want to put my heart out. And so that's what we did and um, we got third place, first time competing and like to like other countries, like mm -hmm. internationally. It was yeah. crazy. I'm yeah. like, they've traveled to here to do this right. and, and I'm competing with these people. Like I'm honored and, right. and it felt good. So. Yeah. I think especially in the style that we dance, bachata sensual, there is so much stigma that everybody has to be really good to dance it successfully. I mean, everyone gets compared to Gorka and Judith and all these dancers, and they don't realize they've been doing it for 10 or 15 years together. Yeah. It's so much hard work and so much time, and so our, our one of our jobs and one of our goals is to remain humble. We've, yeah. only be, we've been together as a couple and as dance partners for almost four years that's yep. only four years that's not very long right. compared to all the people that are like oh i can do that same move and i'll look just as good as cork and judith mm. we're babies in this we're game babies. to be honest everybody is a baby and you are going to learn at different paces and don't compare yourself to the dancers that have been dancing for 15 years right, right. it's not fair to yourself and exactly. it's not fair to them that's yeah. so yeah. true that's very true um so I guess maybe like the continuation of that question, eh? maybe for someone who is an intermediate and they want to get to that advanced level, what does it take for them? Um, I think one of the most important things is your instructor. Um, if you want to, mm, how do I phrase this? If you want to rise to a different level, make sure that your instructor is willing to help you get there. A lot of instructors, they will they'll only teach level one and level two or they have no experience in the realm that you want to go to right. or you want to learn a certain style that maybe they're not very well versed in find an instructor that's like let's get you there let's do this i'll be your mentor i'll motivate you because i think what's made the difference for us is the mentors that we've had the yep. people that have impacted us if we didn't have people that were like oh yeah like let's do this let's get you there if we didn't have people that motivated us right. we would have never like done that, it that support system so i think if your instructor does that for you and is always motivating you to get to the next step you will get there yeah yeah definitely an instructor i understand mm -hmm. that yep feel good about it because okay. we've grown so much because of that so i think people need to Look at it that way, and, yeah. and 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 see that again. Even for the intermediate person, should look at it from the point of view as a beginner. It's foundation, patience, and take thing. your time, because people get better. Then look past what beginners are, are going through, because they a lot of people might feel better than beginners, so they're like I, I, they see themselves above beginners, and yeah. you should never do that. Don't you should get a never. You should never look at yourself above anybody, mm -hmm. all right? Because it's, again, everyone learns at their own pace. And dancing is, it's fun. It's, it's you socialize. So always keep that perspective because even an advanced person, again, will 
take something away from a beginner class. Mm -hmm. Like you should take away something from right. every class. I understand that. Mm -hmm. I think I would add on to it, you know, um, like, you know, if you're, if you're looking down on someone, you know, there's always someone better than you as well, right? Yes. Yeah, you always have someone mm -hmm. to learn from. Yep, if you're looking down on someone, that someone's means someone's looking down, looking on, down you. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say just don't do it. Just don't compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what that person in the corner is doing over there in your class or what that workshop is doing over there on the other side of the ballroom. Like, don't worry about it. Just focus on you because you cannot go from beginner to intermediate or to advanced without being aware of what you're working on in you. You right. have to always be working on something. And I think for us, we're, we're, we've done a really good job of that. We are always working on something. We're never like, we're good, we know everything we need to know. Mm -mm. There's always something that we can learn more about. There's always something we can work harder at. And so besides your mentor or your coach motivating you, you have to motivate you. If you're not motivated to get to a higher level, it's never gonna happen. So true. But if you're not willing to admit where you need to work on, it's also never gonna happen. Yeah, I think that's kind of big too. Um, if you have no desire to get, to become a performer, then maybe don't even put that pressure on yourself. That is totally okay. Like, right. I think there's so many people that we've met throughout the years and in the scene all over the country and even across the world that sometimes they they compare themselves to, oh, I can't talk. They compare themselves to performers without having the desire to perform. Right, right. Don't do that to yourself. Nope. Be happy where you want to be. If you have goals, that's fantastic. But also just be happy with what you're ha what makes you happy. Like right. if social dancing is all you want to do, become the best social dancer you yeah. ever can be. Yeah. Don't worry about performing because it's a totally different game. Yeah. I definitely understand that. Yeah. Very true. I want um I would like for you both to answer this, man. With your own answers. Um give me one tip that can make anyone a better dancer immediately. There's a bunch of things. There's so many things. So many things, little things you can do. I say, uh, I don't know which one to pick. Okay. Like, you want me to answer? You answer first. <laughs> <laughs> can I say two or just one? I'll give me, you can give me two, that's fine. Okay, two. number one, don't watch YouTube. Hey, or Instagram, anything like that? Don't worry about what people are doing on YouTube and Instagram because that's not gonna determine how you are as a dancer. You can watch a thousand videos. That doesn't mean that the way that you wanna dance is gonna look anything like that. But number two, go take that class. Don't sit there and be like, man, I really wanna get good. Let me just scroll through all these videos and let me just look at all the videos of these past classes I've taken. No. Go take that class that right. you want to take. So put that work in. If you yep. want to be a better salsa dancer, go take that salsa class. Right. Don't, don't hold yourself back by not being willing to get out there and to learn something from someone. I think also like maybe um, being fearful. I don't know how to say, but like being fearful, like um, I'll never be that good, you know? Yeah. I'll never match. Mm -hmm. You gotta get. Yeah. Cause I that I was in that place. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't be that good. Right. But. Be, a, um, be okay with being vulnerable yeah. in those classes that are going to teach you those things that you want to learn. Like, mm, it's okay right. to mess up. It's okay to take a long time to learn something. But if you never go take the class, you're never going to know. You're right. never going to figure it out. Yeah. What's mm. your tip? Okay. <laughs> um, don't lose interest. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because 
um, like we explained prior, is once you start taking away why you did it, mm-hmm. it just becomes horrible. Like it's it's not a hobby. It's not fun anymore. Right. It's like for us, it, it, let's say um, we're blessed and and it becomes more like career driven. Um, I don't want it to feel like I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. I want I want to feel like I love what I do and I'm doing it and I'm dedicating my time because I'm choosing to give my time. Not I have to do it because I got bills to pay and I don't want to teach this class, but I'm going to because I don't have gas. I, I need gas money. Like, no, I, I, I want it to be, I can be in the shittiest position in my life, but I can be like, I still want to teach this class. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't have gas, but I'm going to get there because I want to teach my class. Like, I want to teach our gonna class. You're always going to be better at something that you love to do. Right. Yeah. So don't, don't lose loving it. Don't yeah. lose interest in it. I mean, I, you say um, you say don't lose interest, but I think what you really mean is really like have self awareness. Cause say yeah, you said earlier if you don't really love it anymore, then why do it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I guess um, being aware like where your passions at maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep keep the reason you started it and don't forget it. Found your interest in it to stay there yeah. at all times because like I told, like I said, if, if if I continue doing it and somewhere in that path and journey, my mindset is not the same anymore as me loving it and doing it because it's the best thing that I, I love to do with my body and with her and, and in general. If that's not how I feel, then I I like I would love to turn in the towel because right. I don't want to do it. At that throw, point, because that job. Throw in the towel? <laughs> yeah, throw in the towel. You said turn in the towel. <laughs> oh, it's the same thing. Throw well, in the towel. Everyone knows what I meant. But you're saying at that point it becomes a job, right? Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. like, I mean, obviously, something, something people, you have to do instead of you get to do. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if, if I have to do it, I will do it, but until, like, I would want to get out of it. Mm. You know? And, and that's not. People need to remember that you started it for a reason mm-hmm. and don't lose that reason yeah. you know so that would be my tip probably yeah. yeah I understand that um you know I really wanna you know, thank you all for taking time yeah for sure man dude like, thank you this like awesome. I feel yeah. official with a mic like, <laughs> I don't I, like I just wanna just wanna touch this mic on time like I don't know like I feel cool it's really cool um let me ask you this real quick you know Please tell me, you know, what are some of your upcoming events? What do you have going on? So, in actually in two weeks, yes. we will be performing at the Myrtle Beach Bachata Festival. Yes. We're super, super excited. Yes. Shout out to Vladdy and Mikey for putting that on. Yeah. I'm so excited about that event. Um, we are performing and teaching at Bailacura. Mm. Yes, um, really good event. Everyone should attend. Where's that at? Yeah. That's here. Oh, okay, nice. So that's actually a really important event, okay, if nice. we could talk about that yeah, for a much. second. That event was started by one of our local dancers here in Raleigh. Um, he is a cancer survivor. Okay. And he started the event because he danced on teams, he took classes, he's an awesome social dancer, and he wanted to give back to that community. Mm. So Bailacura is a congress. It brings in dancers from all over the world. I think this year we have... Maria Ramos, we have um, Alex and Desiree. So many good-ass people. Yeah, Jefferson and Adrianita from Colombia are coming. They're fantastic. So it's a festival. There's workshops, there's social dancing. 
but it's a fundraiser for cancer awareness yeah. awesome. and, and funding for children's cancer. So, so it's not just the Congress. Right, it's right. like there's a gala there's a huge for people gala. who you know want to come and, and maybe donate mm -hmm. or give back somehow, like doctors That's and really cool, yeah. all those people. So we're trying to spread the word about that because there's a lot more people from across the country and across the world that will be attending. So it's a fantastic event. We're really blessed yeah. to be a part of it. It started, this is its third year, nice. and it's grown so much. The first year was at like a college ballroom. Okay. Mm -hmm. and we, everyone had to drive there, find parking. It was really small, and but it was intimate. And then last year, it was held at a hotel that we were privileged to you know get be able to get. And it still was intimate, and now it's at the same hotel, and, and it's growing so much, man. Okay. It's... An so event bad. everyone has to go to, man. Yeah. yeah, it's everyone's so friendly. Like you know, you're there because it's a, it's a. a yeah. There's a good purpose behind yeah. it. So that's the 26th to the 29th of September. Hey, yeah. okay, so no. Then, and then I, I guess the the next thing we're doing, we will be in Spain. Hey. Yeah, we're going to Spain in October. After, so we're going to New Jersey yes. in October, and then from there we fly to Spain. And we will be in Barcelona. So we're gonna so be in Barcelona. That's kind of our calendar. Uh, training, the performing. Training. Okay, okay. Yes. Training okay. slash viewing Barcelona. Because <laughs> we're in, we're in Madrid last year. We didn't see Barcelona, so this yeah. year we're seeing Barcelona. That's really cool. But that is definitely the best place to get training for the style that we do. So yeah. we're really really excited okay. just to continue to develop our skills and mastery yeah. all that. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm seriously I can't thank you enough. This is so cool what you're doing. Yeah. So we hope. You know, this isn't the last time. Of course not. Probably sooner, sometime in the future, we update you on where <laughs> we are. You update us. Of course. We keep connection and yeah. Yeah, perfect. Real, real quick, um, speak on your weekly classes. Where and when is that? Yes. So uh, now both of our classes are held at the Carmen's Cuban Cafe uh, in Morrisville. It's a, it's a good restaurant. They have really good food. First it is of all, about five minutes from RDU Airport. So yeah. It's super easy to find. Um, yeah. and so. Uh, Beto Herrera uh, has his Mambo Dinamico dance company there, and he's given us the opportunity to be able to teach nice. the bachata. Um, so every Thursday, we're there from 7 to 9. 7 to 8 is a beginner class. 8 to 9 is an intermediate. And on Fridays, we teach 7.30 to 8.30, and that okay. is our uh, central bachata class, okay. or bachata sensual. Um, and that's where we are every week on dot. Mm -hmm. We don't, we, nothing has changed, nothing okay. will change. Um, we're there regardless of if people show up or if not. If no one shows up, we're going to stay there. Okay. You know, um, like I said, we love it. So uh, hopefully, you know, if anyone's hearing this and is in the RDU area, yeah. come check it out. RDU, Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham. Durham. Raleigh, Durham. 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 What's the U? I don't know. Chapel the Hill, the, the U is, is uh, Durham. Durham? Like, Raleigh is R and Durham is the DU. Oh, okay. What is yeah. What's the triangle? Isn't that Chapel Hill? That's RTP, Research oh, okay. Triangle Park. Being so the, those okay. are like yes. the same place. Like the triangle kind of, it's you. all the business parks around here that make the triangle. Wait, um, why does Durham get two letters and Raleigh only get one? Because like airports need three letters. Ah, so no, you're right. Yeah. Why can't it be R-A-D? Rad? I don't know. Mm, that'd be cool then. That would be rad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, real quick, um, how can people get in contact with you and how can they reach out to you? Yes, we're on Facebook. Um, it's super easy. It's just our names and then Bachata after it. Brian and Ellie Bachata. Um, there's a picture of us, so that will be easy. <laughs> yeah. um, on Instagram, we are Brian and Ellie Official, all one. So just at Brian and Ellie Official. Brian with an I. 
with an I. With an I. Yes, people, the correct way is with an I. Yeah, the yeah, only way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone out there has with a Y, you're wrong. no offense, but your parents <laughs> messed up. Um, so yeah, so Brian with an I, uh, and Ellie Official on Instagram, Brian and Ellie Bachata on Facebook. Um, you can hit us up there if you have any questions. Um, that's where to reach us. Uh, it's still growing, it's fairly new. Like I said, which is 2019 was when we started doing all of that. Um, we're working with videographers soon, uh, next this month actually. Nice. So we're gonna put up content, we're gonna get back on YouTube, uh, we're gonna push social media, because yeah. that actually helps, you know? It does. It does. <laughs> so yeah, that's where to reach us at. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Um, like I said, man, um, I thoroughly enjoyed your talking to you. I really do appreciate it. Dude, man, thank you so Absolutely. much. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. This is and, awesome. Uh, is there any last thing you want to say before we close this out? Uh, dancing is fun, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep keep dancing. Dance to meet people. Dance to socialize. Um, dancing is therapeutic. Yeah. I'm telling you, with what we've been through, dancing has brought me back into a happy place. Yeah. Um, and that again, that's why I do it. So I think people should give dancing a shot. If yeah. you're not a dancer, um, take a class with people. Go out with friends and, and actually keep your eyes open with with this because when I was going out like I said I thought people were drunk and then I I opened my mind and I was like wow there's actual mm -hmm. people who really do this yeah, so man. keep keep an open mind uh, I, I'm telling you people get intimidated but don't it's fun mm -hmm. and I would also say for anyone that watches this that's listening um, if you've ever been interested in finding dancing I promise you there's social dancing in your city. Nope. Yes. There is Latin dancing in your city. There is salsa, there's bachata. It's something, there, so something. find it. <laughs> yes, find it, enjoy it, socialize, take advantage, and love it. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> and that's a great way to end it. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, like I said, thank you so much. Yeah, man, for um, sure. I think this will do it for this episode of 2 Podcast. Hey. hey. This, this is a cool man. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, hey. Perfect, perfect. Alright, so hey everyone, um, if you made it this far to the end of the video, I want to thank you so much for just, you know, um, watching this. I, I really hope that you found value in this. Um, my whole goal in this endeavor is, you know, to give a voice to people, to dancers, and and to give value to, to the dance community. Um, so if I'm not giving value, it's kind of pointless. So I, I strongly urge you to please comment and let me know where I can improve, what I need to do better, what, what I'm doing wrong, and, and hopefully what I'm doing right, you know, but my overall goal is I want to give content, I want to I want to be helpful, so please, please let me know where I can improve upon. Um, I'm new to all this, you know, so I, this is, I'm learning as I go, so um, I need like feedback, please comment and just let me know how I can improve. I would greatly appreciate that. That means the world to me just to to be able to interact with you all, you know, have a conversation with you and just, you know, see what you like and what you don't like. Um, that means the world to me. I love interacting with you all. It means so much to me. But I uh, yeah, thank you so much for making it this far into the video. Um, you know, I gotta say, uh, please leave a like, subscribe. If you don't like it, then let me know why not. Um, hit the down like button, hit the unlike button. Um, but, you know, um, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it.